win the series, but they fail to get the sweep against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So the Yankees, who, you know, they're not going to make the playoffs, and that, you know, gets further confirmed, even though there kind of are ebbs and flows of it. But they kind of tease you a little bit. They, they, at least in terms of making it interesting and going into this Blue Jay series coming up, the Yankees fail to get the sweep. And if they got the sweep, you can kind of go into that with a little bit of, again, like illogical hope. Um, again, just for more pure entertainment and interest. But now I kind of look at it more as spoiler. And, and look, and I would like them to do that. I don't like the Toronto Blue Jays. I would like to see them miss the playoffs. Um, you know, again, we spoke about this at times over the last few weeks and me sort of wanting the Yankees to lose as much as possible. And, you know, I've kind of given up on that, right? In terms of, look, could they finish in last place? So it's still on the table. I mean, although I, I, I do think they're going to finish by the Red Sox, if I had to guess. Could they finish under 500? Sure, that is still possible. That, that streak could come to an end, right? They are 76 and 74. But that all aside, I would like the Yankees to beat the Blue Jays in these six games they play them. They'll go home after this uh, Pittsburgh series, home against Toronto, then Arizona, and then finish off the season at Toronto and then at Kansas City. So only two weeks to go. But yeah, what could have been kind of a little bit more of an upbeat episode. And again, I don't want to lose sight of what this season was and that there are still major problems. And I almost think it's it's almost counterintuitive in terms of like this finish here, like as far as maybe if things had gotten bad, maybe there could have been some more change. but. They probably the sad thing is there may not have been anyway. So Yankees Pirates to go back to what we spoke about last episode and again appreciate all the uh, the likes and the and the subscribing it, it really helps the channel and um you know I'm wearing my Giant jersey Giants had a big big uh, comeback against the Arizona Cardinals which I will be talking about very shortly um, but as far as the Yankees go they really um. You know, they're playing pretty good baseball. I think over the last 20 games, like, they probably have close to the best record in, in the MLB. September has treated them pretty kindly. And I guess even dating back a little bit before that. A little before, at the end of uh, the very end of August. But uh, Garrett Cole, I wasn't sure last episode whether he had actually started and pitched at Pittsburgh since he left. And in fact, he had not. This was his first start back. His last season with the Pirates was in 2017. So it had been a while. It had been close to six years since he uh, since he pitched back in PNC Park. And Cole didn't really pitch all that well in this one. He was. It's funny. He ended up being in line for the win, but this game ends up being the Yankees' second win when trailing going to the ninth inning, and they got some help. Like that is kind of the big part of this game where um, the second baseman who was involved in a lot of stuff, uh, Jiwon Bay, he, you know, ended up making an error that cost the Pirates the game. And look, Pittsburgh's not a very good team. There was mistakes made, and the Yankees kind of took advantage of that. But let's jump right into it, and we'll talk about one transaction that happens, and it kind of goes within the flow of this. So I'm not going to talk about it now, because unfortunately, there's good news with who was activated, but there's, you know, kind of sad news with what had happened here to a guy who's a new pitch, a new pitcher on this team, someone who probably may not even be on the team next year, right? Realistically, but anyway, I'll, I'll get to that. So on the mound for the Pirates was uh, Johan Oviedo, 
and he pitched pretty well. The problem was too many walks, five walks in five innings, but you know, pitch, you know, only gave up one run in those five innings. So I thought he, he pitched pretty well for Pittsburgh. As far as the Yankees lineup was concerned, it's basically been the same as far as like, they're saying Pereira has a leg injury, but I think as Waldo has kind of overtaken that spot anyway. So the catcher is always going to be different, right? In this case, it's Wartfed catch and call. Otherwise, it's typically Wells, but hey, guys, Shilka will be thrown in there as well. So that's kind of a bit of a, of a three-way platoon situation. But other than that, you're getting Florial in center regularly. Um, like, everything else is basically the same, right? Peraza at third has been a, a mainstay situation. DJ at first. For the most part, that was what was the case this series, where Conifalef is basically a bench guy, Bowers as well, and then Pereira has been also, but that might change depending on matchups and such. And I can almost see against lefties, maybe they go Pereira versus righties, they go Cabrera. I can see that. Another note on Oswaldo before we, we get into the play-by-play -play here. Oswaldo batted lefty versus a lefty today, which, you know, Oswaldo, as we know, is a switch hitter. I don't know if that'll be a permanent thing. He did strike out, but it was interesting that Oswaldo tried that. I don't know. I, I I think he, you know, I think he's seen as a better left-handed hitter and he gave it a shot. It didn't work out, but anyway, Pirates take the early lead. Garrett Cole did not really pitch all that well in this one, kind of grinded through it. And that's why Garrett Cole is probably going to win the Cy Young because his bad outings end up being outings, which he gives up by two runs. Five innings, two runs are like his bad outings. Just the consistency has been really good for him. Got a 2.81 ERA. It's not as if Garrett Cole's numbers are like ultimately like, um, they are very good, but this is a year that lacks like an amazing Cy Young candidate in the American League. Like these could very well, these are stats that'll definitely put you in the top three, top five, but this isn't me. And this is not taking anything away. It just, it goes back to a compliment because again, the consistency for him has been very good. Like he would let things in previous years, he would outings would just snowball and one thing would lead to another. Now he's, he's really limiting the damage. And that's the key. So first inning, the, the Pirates do take the lead. It would be a sack fly, sack fly by Jack Zawinski. It was bases loaded, no out. And he only gives up the one run. Like, it could have gotten really bad. Yankees tied up in the second. You you get a uh, Ben Wartved RBI single. That makes it 1-1. But in the second, Cole gives up another one. It is an RBI single by Brian Reynolds with two outs. I thought maybe they'd pitch carefully to him, but Brian Hayes has actually been pretty good lately. The, the son of Charlie Hayes. Uh, so, yeah, whatever. Um, the, the Pirates take a 2-1 lead, and the score would remain that way for a while until the 6th. So Thomas Hatch comes on in relief of Oviedo. And with, it's a two-out rally for the Yanks. As Waldo Cabrera singles... Ben Rortfed walks, and then DJ LeMayu with an RBI single. There's been a lot of pretty clutch LeMayu hits, like in the sixth, like, you know, this time of the game where LeMayu has gotten some big RBI hits. You'll hear it's again as it makes it 2-2, and then Aaron Judge um, with an RBI single makes it 3-2. So a bad pitch by Hatch over the middle of the plate, and the Yankees take a 3-2 lead. Then Anthony Mishovitz comes in, the lefty for call, and this is where it gets ugly, unfortunately, where... You have a first and second two-head situation against Bay, the lefty, and he crushes one, and it hits Misovich in the head. And it was crazy. Like, the ball basically went to right field, drops in front of Judge. It was hit hard. I think his his, his the side of his head was bleeding, maybe near the ear area. He was placed on the aisle after the game, naturally. They, they brought him to the hospital. He should be okay, but a scary situation. He was down. Like, that could have been really, really bad. 
Uh, and so Ian Hamilton would be activated and pitch in game two. So Hamilton made a quick return. I did not expect him to come back so quickly, but he does. And unfortunately for Misovich, he is now on the IL. A very scary situation, and that ties the game up at three. So Zach McAllister comes on, and he seemingly did the job. So he comes in after he hits Brian Reynolds. It's now bases loaded, two out. And this ends up being called a two-run single, but Glaber... Going to his right, backhand play, kind of goes off his glove and into the outfield. Kind of a, a bit of a lazy play for Glaber. Again, it's it's what we've seen from him at times. And Okay, maybe one run should score there, but certainly not two. You got to kind of keep that in front of you. So anyway, the Pirates take a 5-3 lead. And those runs are against Mishevitz as well. So the, so the Yankees, so it's a 5-3 game. McAllister pitches part of the 7th. Nick Ramirez pitches part of the 7th and the 8th. And so Colin Holderman comes out for the ninth. David Bednar, their normal closer, was unavailable. And the Yankees actually come back and they do win this game with some help from some bad Pirates defense. But LeMahieu singles, Judge singles, Glaber walk, then Stanton pops pops out. Again, the struggles for Giancarlo Stanton continue, even though he did homer in the series. It's just been an ugly year for him. And then Esteban Florel walks, which is a pretty big walk in the grand scheme of things. But 5-4 bases sort of one out. It appeared as if Anthony Volpe had a game-ending Taylor-made double play. However... This double play was not to be as they get the out at second, but then Bay throws it away. And uh, the first baseman who came in for defensive purposes, Rivas, cannot scoop it. And so not only does the tying run score, but the lead run scores as well. And, you know, I guess Florial deserves credit because what he did was, I don't know if it was savviness on his part or just what he did. He kind of, he kept on running. Normally you slide in the second base. He kept on running and he's kind of a big guy. So maybe Bay in the corner of his eye sees like, what, what's going on here? Like, there's a guy that's like r literally running as hard as he can, like right next to me. It wasn't illegal, but it, it it worked out for the Yankees, intentional or not. And so the Yankees take a 6-5 lead and they tack on as well. Barraza singles, then as Waldo Cabrera, who's can, who's been really hitting the ball pretty well lately. He gets an RBS single, makes it 7-5. We go to the bottom of the ninth, Clay Holmes comes on. And if you remember, Clay Holmes, the game before, was feeling a little under the weather. Pittsburgh is his former team, and Clay looked pretty good in these two games. And Clay Holmes gets a 1-2-3 ninth inning, and the Yankees win it 7-5. They take the first game of the series. Garrett Cole was in line for the win when he left. He didn't really deserve it, but he was in line for it. But then he didn't get it, but the Yankees came back. We wish Anthony Mischievitz well. Um, and hope that he uh, recovers from that head injury. So let's jump to game two. So game two was a pitching matchup between Luke Weaver, who I suspected might be the starter here, making his Yankee debut. And for the Pirates, it was Luis Ortiz, who doesn't have very good numbers and struggled in this game. Um... Like, very much so. He had six walks and two strikeouts and four two-thirds innings. Pretty ugly for the Pittsburgh starter. But for the Yankees, Luke Weaver also didn't look great at times, but kind of ends up with four innings, seven strike. Like, it could have been a lot worse. And Yankee pitching, I think they said the last seven innings of this game were perfect. I knew it was for the for the, um, for the the final five innings. Brito pitched three innings. Hamilton won. Holmes won. And it was 15 up, 15 down. But I guess Weaver as well. I guess in innings three and four must have been perfect, too. Let's just see. Oh, no, no, sorry. He gave up a leadoff hit in the third, but then from there. So, yes. So, the Yankees had, going into the game three, they ended up getting 27 out, up, 27 down, because Carlos Rodon had one, two, three innings in the first and second. So, an interesting stretch there for Yankee pitching. 
But the Yanks take an early lead in the first. You get an Austin Wells RBI double, and Austin Wells showed pretty well offensively. You know, again, it, it's it's taken us some time, but like there was a couple of doubles in this series. He's still looking for his first homer though. But Austin Wells RBI double. Then with the bases loaded, two out. Esteban Florial with a two-run single. So, so Florial, the numbers aren't great, but he's been okay. Um, you know, I, I think for him, he really needs to seize the opportunity, and he's been all right. Uh, it's far from great, but we've seen worse from him. And so it makes it three nothing. Then in the bottom of the first, Weaver gets into immediate trouble. Bay leadoff walk, and then Brian Reynolds with a two-run homer makes it 3-2. Then let's go to the top of the third. John Carlos Stanton homers. Stanton's 24th homer of the season makes it 4-2 Yanks. But then in the third, the Pirates get one back on a sack fly by Andy Rodriguez, makes it 4-3. Uh, Weaver would be done after four innings, and then Johnny Brito comes on, and Brito has been brilliant out of the bullpen. Like, this is good. This is good news for the Yankees. The Johnny Brito who this there could be something to be had here for the Yankees. Um, like, Brito and Vasquez, they put them in the same category, but Brito has, like, really shown out as a good bulk, sort of, like, multi-inning guy out of the pen and pitched three really good innings against a weak power hitting team, but still, six inning, the Yankees take a 5-3 lead on a, on a wild pitch. Um, it was second and third, one out, and a wild pitch scores Aaron Judge, makes it 5-3. And then we go to the top of the eighth, and as Waldo Cabrera hits his fifth homer of the season, off of Thomas Hatch. So Hatch kind of struggles in games one and two. Gives the Yankees a 6-3 lead. Then Ian Hamilton comes on, pitches a 1-2-3 inning in his first appearance in a few weeks. Uh, and then in the bottom of the ninth, Clay Holmes goes 1-2-3 as well. So a 6-3 Yankee win. They win the series. And so yet again, a non-rubber game series, which, you know, it's funny because I had been saying that the Yankees had to have led baseball and they had an eight game and, th and that streak is still on right now. Eight straight rubber game losses, but they haven't been in rubber games. It's been a while. Uh, I know there's been some four game series thrown in there. So naturally, like you can't, I mean, there can't be a rubber game in an even numbered series, but still, um, you know, Yankees win the first two, but what has been somewhat of a theme, not entirely, but not being able to win that third game. I feel like there's been a lot of, in these three-game series, of course, the rubber game speak for itself, but now you're getting a, a couple of instances um, where you're winning the first two and losing the third. The Detroit Tigers series comes to mind as well, where Rodon started. Now, Rodon was bad in that one. Rodon, to be fair, in this one, was not all that horrible um, at all. R Rodon... You know, doesn't get the win. In fact, he gets the loss. And I wish that he could have gotten the job done, but I can't pin this on him. It's more frust it's more frustrating, but it, it, this falls on the offense. Uh, Yankees only get four hits in, in game three here. So it would be Carlos Rodon. And for the Pirates, um, Selby was the opener, and then Jackson was the bulk guy. And the Yankees were not able to get much done offensively. They, were, they did tie the game up, but then it was given away quickly thereafter. So... Let's uh, talk about game three. A little bit of a rain delay, but not too long. Bottom of the third, a leadoff double by Jared Triolo, which broke the 27 up, 27 down the Yankees had had versus Pirate hitters. And then, you know, Rodon gets two outs, and, and this kind of hurt Rodon. In the third inning and the seventh inning, where, he, where the Pirates get the big two-out hit, and in this case, it's Pagaro getting the RBI single to give the Pirates a one nothing lead. So then we go to the bottom of the fourth, and former Yankee Miguel Andujar goes opposite field. A very impressive home run by Andujar. And, and, and he's this type of guy where he can make contact and hit it well with balls that are out of the zone. This was a high and outside pitch. It wasn't a bad pitch by Rodon. Andujar goes off the right field foul pole and gives the Pirates a 2-0 lead. 
The Yankees offense finally gets going in the sixth. Leadoff single Floreal, then an RBI double LeMahieu. Again, we've seen LeMahieu has, has gotten better, right? I mean, it hasn't been full-on consistent, but, like, he's just been a lot better than he had been. And so that makes it 2-1, but the Yankees don't score, right? Run around second, no out. They could have tied it up there. They don't. But they do tie it up in the seventh. Anthony Volpe, who had been struggling mightily. Volpe in September, offensively, defensively, had not been very good, but he homers here. He has a flair for, for the dramatic. Like, he, he is a pretty clutch player where he hits some big home runs in the late innings and he does it here, ties it up at two. And that would be all for Andre Jackson after he walks Peraza. And then Barecki comes in Cabrera as a lefty strikes out. That was his, I think that was, it must've been collaborative, but it was his choice. And then Isaiah kind of left a pinch hits for Floreal and grounds out bottom of the seventh. You get a one out double by Triolo. And then with two out the nine hitter, Jason delay gets the game winning RBI double off the third base bag. And then Pirates take a 3-2 lead, and they would keep it. Uh, Randy Vasquez comes in, eventually gets out of the inning, 3-2. Then in the 8th, the Yankees go down 1-2-3. And then in the ninth, uh, Vasquez pitched the 8th as well and, and did a pretty good job. David Bednar, the closer, strikes out Stanton. Austin Wells went out double, but then Volpe strikes out, and then in a pretty ugly at-bat for Oswald Peraza, strikes out to end it. So the Yankees win the series, don't get the sweep, and so their record sits at 76-74. and 74. There is 12 games remaining on the season. Let's talk about this Blue Jays series, which, you know, there is some level of interest because of the fact that the Blue Jays are right in the heart of this playoff race, and I really would like to see them miss the playoffs. But the matchups are as follows. Kikuchi versus Schmidt. Kikuchi is someone that I've always been confident against. However, he's been pretty good lately, and I think he had actually done well versus the Yankees last time. So you know the Yankees are typically better versus lefties. We'll see what happens there. Um, and then you have the game game two. Kevin Gosman, who got off to a great start this season, has had his struggles lately, but you know the overall numbers are still pretty damn solid against Michael King. And then the third game is Jose Barrios versus Garrett Cole. So from like a Yankee standpoint, I, you know, these are kind of the three guys you'd want. Blue Jays are a very heavy right-hitting team. So having Schmidt, King, and Cole are kind of the three that you would probably handpick. So like, I actually, you know, I think the Yankees could have, they've done well versus the Blue Jays. It's funny, more so at Rogers Center than at home in recent years, it feels like, where we've gone to Toronto and done the job. Whereas Toronto comes to Yankee Stadium and has done better. But I think the Yankees are capable of winning some games this series. Maybe I'm dead wrong, but unfortunately, the Yankees, they are, like I said, they're in no man's land. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to do terribly to the point where major changes are made. And so let's see what the next series holds. Hey, if the Yankees somehow sweep it, then, you know, I think that we can start talking again about dreaming on something that's, you know, again, very unrealistic. But if they somehow did it, that would be the conversation. I don't think they're going to sweep, but I do think the Yankees will, will, will certainly hold their own in the series. It should be an interesting one. It'll be uh, Yankees-Blue Jays after the Yankees had just uh, won a series against the Pirates. They do fail to sweep, and now they come home for their final homestand of the season, three versus the Blue Jays, and then three versus the Arizona Diamondbacks.